0: Is, is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing.
1: Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better
0: person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I am joined by my very handsome, cute, he's bearded today, bearded co-host, my husband, Adam.
2: Hey, Hey. babe, how are (laughs) you?
0: Hey, babe, how's it going?
2: Doing good. I know you love the beard, so I had to make sure I wore it today. (laughs)
0: Yes, you know, you can always tell when Adam has some time off work (laughs) because he's he doesn't shave his beard. But you look cute. It's just hard to kiss your face. It's just scratchy. <laughs> it's just scratchy. Anybody else out there have a scratchy bearded man? <laughs> so anyways, hey, today's going to be super fun. We have Brandi Wilson on our podcast, who is a co-host of Leading and Loving It. How cool is that?
2: So cool. And I can remember meeting her for the first time at mm. a Nashville Sounds game Yes, while I was working, and, and uh, I love meeting people there because... Uh, it says a lot about them, I think. Uh, I'm a little partial to that, but right. I remember meeting them and, and I couldn't wait to introduce you. You happened to be at that game. Yeah. I remember you walking away and saying, I'm gonna be friends with her. Yeah. And, uh, and I know any time that you put your mind to becoming friends, like <laughs> both of us, uh, right? there's a lot of our best friends over yeah. the time that um, we probably forced to be our friends. and <laughs> Please and, uh, be our
0: friends. And,
2: and once we make up our mind that there are kind of people we, yeah. we chase after it.
0: She's just that kind of girl. Now, kind of a backstory, and I don't know if you remember this, but she started with um, her friend, Lori Wilhite, um, leading and loving it. And it's, originally started as pastor's wives like a retreat. Well, we were in Corpus Christi, Texas, and I had heard about it or seen it on social media, and I asked our pastor's wife, Jessica, "Hey, I really want to be part of leading and loving it. I'm I'm in my head, I'm leading a group of women and I'm loving it, but I would love to be poured into by other women leading and pour into them." Well, so Jessica sent an email to Brandy asking her and the email back was no. She can't be a part of it. And then I was like, no, no, I really want to be. Like, why can't I be a part of it? And I remember for a little season, I'm like, darn, I wish Adam was a pastor because I really wanted to be part of it. And so now I tease her about it. Now that we actually are real friends, I tease her, I'm like, man, I really wanted to be part of that and you didn't let me in the club. But now they're leading and loving it is serving women in all types of capacities that are leading in some aspect of ministry. Um, and I like to think of tippy toes as a ministry. So she, this podcast really blows me away and she talks a lot about what they're doing in Thailand and making such a huge impact.
2: Yeah, the Thailand... Uh, it's a lot about the sex trafficking and all right. the big, crazy issues that you can't imagine happening. And I think she invited you to join her, right? Right, and, yes. And uh husband, first thing I think of is the movie Taken.
0: Oh, with God, Liam, Adam. William
2: <laughs> Nielsen that uh, goes out and. and chases down people and has people attacking them. And the next thing I know, you're Liam Neeson. And Yeah, and, yeah, uh,
0: like now I'm never going. You're
2: going to save them. and, and uh, So that's what goes in my head. But I know that they're doing bigger things with mm-hmm. uh, teaching them how to cook and, and bake and do some yeah. of the simple things that they can be. Well, and
0: there's such a voice for these women who, they don't know the difference. And so Brandy and her team have teamed up with people all across the world that are really impacting The world in a big way and I think about that a lot when she invited me to go to Thailand like part of me is like oh my gosh that's really scary but the other part of me is like God wants people there God needs people there and why not me like maybe I could make a big impact but I think more importantly it probably would make a bigger impact on me you know but hopefully um we could help people there and like you said they're bringing these ovens in and brandy talks a lot more about it but to teach women their value and their worth that hey you can do something else besides this sex trafficking um to make money for your family which is really cool
2: and i also love that she loves her kids and you see it all the time that she's supporting her boys and Mm -hmm. and from our season of life we have Hank just starting football, and their kids are all playing football. So you can imagine oh she's eaten start.
0: up with it too.
2: <laughs> so maybe you'll appreciate it a little bit more, even though they're playing flag football mm. and explain the uh, uh, her older boys pads. are
0: playing full pads Oh, did they start? Oh, full pads? Yeah, I mean, he's in high school, and I think he's like really awesome. And that terrifies me even more. I'm like, let's just end Hank's football career today. And let's just watch it, babe. Like, that's kind of where I'm at right now with
2: football. <laughs> oh, but it's so fun. At seven years old, there's not a lot of hard hitting yet. You don't have to worry about concussions. I know. All that She's a stuff.
0: Friday Night Lights mom for sure. Like, eating up with those boys and um, just like a cool woman that, is godly loving and super duper fun too um and so i think this podcast is just neat just a different perspective on the world the things that she's doing she's gone through some hardship recently um and just seeing the way that she's maneuvered that is just really beautiful so
2: i also love the yeah. I, as you look at how do we get to be friends with her how do mm-hmm. you connect to somebody like brandy wilson next thing you know your sister Jenny moves three houses down. Yeah, that was a God uh, thing. Certainly a God thing, and it's fun that uh, she seemed so untouchable Uh seven, eight years ago when you reached out to her, and next thing you know, uh, she's a neighbor with with your sister. And
0: now we go eat Zoe's together. Hey, and I don't know if you know this, Do you know they're huge Oklahoma Sooner football fans?
2: I do. That was one of the the connecting points that I was like, oh, these are our people. These
0: are our people. If you're an Oklahoma Sooner football fan, you're just our people. We just know that. Yeah. And it's funny. So on game day, when I post those crazy videos on my Insta story of you being crazy, she'll oftentimes snap a picture of her and Jet. Um, watching the football game together and I know that he missed out on something not too long ago because there was an Oklahoma football game and I'm like oh no another Adam (laughs) News so but hey that's a really great thing but football games with you are
2: interesting always fun
0: (laughs) always fun all right let's listen in to Brandi Wilson I am sitting here with my sweet friend, Brandy. Brandy, how are you today? I'm great.
1: I'm <laughs> awesome. It's been a busy morning, but yes. I'm glad
0: to be here talking to you. Three boys. I mean... <laughs> That's so good. Well, I just love you and I love all the things that I've watched from afar. Kind of a funny story um, that I've told you several times is when I was at church in Corpus Christi, Texas with the Corneliuses, I remember Jessica being part of Leading and Loving It. And I sent you an email saying like, well, I want to do it. But at the time it was just for pastor's wives. Right now it's expanded. And so, um, I want to just dive in on that, on you building one of the biggest churches and then, um, your trip to Thailand, (laughs) which I'm really excited. So we're just going to dive in. So can you share with our listeners who you are and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Brandy Wilson. I
1: am a single mom to three boys, which is my favorite role. Um, they are 17, 14, and 12. And they're um, so cute. So cute. I think <laughs> they're extremely handsome. Um, and right now we're in the midst of football season. So I have um, my oldest son is the free safety for Franklin High. Hi. I just have a blast every Friday night being, you know, I don't know if you've seen Friday Night Lights. Oh, yeah, girl. (laughs) I'm all about that. Let's make Friday Night Lights my life. So, um, yeah, we have lots of sports. We have lots of carpools to and from practice. um, And I cook lots of starchy carbs for them to eat. me. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) And um, professionally, I have been in church work for 20 years, um, help plant two churches one outside of Bowling Green Kentucky the second here in Nashville Cross Point Church um, I helped plant that in 2001 and was um, there as the senior pastor's wife for 14 years and loved every minute of it I love being in the local church um, I love investing in staff I love investing in the staff wives Um and have lots of sweet, sweet memories from my time there. So love, love, love CrossPoint. Um, I also help co-lead an organization called Leading and Loving It, which exists to empower women leaders and pastors' wife to love life, leadership, and ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what we found is a lot of women in um, ministry work. Are very lonely and unhappy. So we kind of just started about um, actually ten years ago. We had our ten year anniversary this spring. um, Out of a natural natural friendship between my friend Lori Wilhite, who lives in Las Vegas, Um, she and her husband Jud, Pastor Central Church, and I um, met her via Twitter. I think is what it was. We always say we met online, but (laughs) <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was just a it's a definitely a God story as far as um there was a situation on on at cross Point that I thought, man, as the senior pastor's wife, I need to be the one to weigh into this because mm-hmm. it was that wife issue. Um, but I wasn't for sure exactly how to navigate that, so I just inboxed Lori on Twitter and said, "Could you have a conversation with me about this?" And at mm-hmm. that point, we had literally um, our conversations on Twitter had been about choosing the correct paint color for, her, <laughs> which I recommended silver <laughs> sage from Restoration Hardware. Oh, girl! Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not, I mean, this was. Oh, Ten years ago, whether or not we could still pull off skinny jeans. Right. Uh, what you know, a friendship! The start of a
0: true friendship, right there. True
1: friendship. <laughs> so, um, you know, she was gracious and said, "Absolutely." So, we set up a time to talk and um, had like an hour conversation that day. That was just very, very, very natural. Mm. And when I hung up, it was very pivotal for me personally because when I hung up, what I realized is. I'm surrounded by a lot of people just by what I do. Right. Um, and I have a lot of friends who are mom friends at that point. I had a lot of couple friends because I was married. Um, and I had a lot of um, school friends, you know, like when you're the room mom and all of that. But after that conversation, what I realized is that I did not have another pastor's wife friend
0: right. uh, who wasn't on our staff. So, mm-hmm. That, you know, and they're huge, birth. yeah, because you 're looked at as the leader as the senior pastor 's wife, so yes. in a way, you can have that friendship, but you 're still leading them, so exactly. finding another leader wow that's awesome
1: there's definitely some um, it, it's a little bit of a web that you have to carefully navigate, but um, i've also done great friendships with staff people right. Um, but hanging up with her, it was definitely a peer relationship as far as we both were in the same role, mm-hmm. and and I told myself, oh, I'm lonely as a pastor's wife. Yeah, so. you realized at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So at that point, it just became something that I think Lori and I both pursued as far as friendship. I think she felt the same way. She had actually started leading and loving it for her staff, um, their staff, when they took over that church is super large. And we knew she couldn't sit down with everyone and have coffee. So she started leading and loving it for her staff and quickly realized it was reaching more women outside of her um, than it was. So she asked me a few months later after... I'd taken a trip to Vegas to meet her, and on that trip to Vegas, she was like, "I think this could be something more than what it is now, but I need help. Would you be willing to help me?"
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Uh, so you, yeah, Do you was, have
0: any was, idea like the amount of impact? I mean, it's huge no. now. It is.
1: Yeah. It's huge, and we love what we're doing. Um, our yearly events in October of mm-hmm. this year, so we're gearing up for that, which we're super excited about. But no, we actually did a strat op. I don't know if you're familiar with that program, but mm-hmm. just kind of like a reevaluation okay. of the organization We did that back in May um, and uh, Slayball, the guy who was running it for us, he made us sit down before we met and like reflect on the ten years so like initial numbers when different parts of the ministry started, how they've changed over the years, and to look at those ten years on paper like you're living right. it right we almost don't realize. Yeah. exactly what's going you know it's one of those things where like okay if god would have told us 10 years ago this is the way he was going to bless leading and loving it yes. most of us would have been like yeah we're we're not good enough leaders for that right not, you know we don't think we can manage that growth mm-hmm. um so that's one of those things it's like you're almost glad you can't see what God has in store. Oh, because- yeah!
0: <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And I think sometimes, um, as dreamers or you know thinkers of, I'm going to start something. Um, we think about, okay, I'm not. I didn't get enough done today or this week. But when you truly look back at everything you've done, you're like. Wow, I've actually done a lot, but it's those small daily deposits that you have to make that equal great success, which is so cool. And those small daily
1: deposits lots of times aren't, um, they're not fancy. They're not, you know, it's just like digging in and getting (laughs) done. Right. so yeah, lots of times those aren't as flashy as we <laughs> would like for them to be, but they're
0: necessary yes. uh, in order to so move forward. Good. Oh, I love that. That is so exciting. Okay. I want you to take us back because building two churches is a huge huh? thing because it's one. I mean, did you, these churches, did you start with Zero or did you take over churches or how did that look?
1: um,
0: Nope. Both of the churches I've been
1: involved with were church plants. So from nothing, Um, the first one in Bowling Green, we were there for about five years
0: Um,
1: and I love my time there. I still keep up with a lot of those people. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, It's the greatest little town. (laughs) Greatest, sweetest, sweetest,
1: sweetest, good good people. Um, And where we were outside of Bowling Green, Um, was very similar to how I had grown up. So it just kind of like an extension of my hometown, even though I had moved, you know, out of, I was living in an adult, graduated college. It was still like, oh, this is a great transition for me. So five years, love that. Um, And then I ended up in Nashville and planted a church here. Um, And the core group was small. It was less than 50. Um, And it was just a bunch of people who, I think we're looking to help create in Nashville. Nashville is a unique community. Um, It's very transient. Now we're in the Bible belt. Mm -hmm. um, Yet it's very transient because of artists, um, people moving in and out. Nashville is full of dreamers. It's a Mm -hmm. great place. Full of dreamers, yes. Full (laughs) of dreamers. Um, And I think the thing with Nashville that's interesting is when you do talk about following God and having a relationship with Christ, if you were to ask somebody, are you a Christian? I'd bet... I bet probably 70% would say yes. Right. I went to church with my grandmother when I was a child. Yes. Or I grew up in the Methodist church. Um, but as far as having an ongoing relationship as adults, that's kind of where it felt like things were being dropped. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, how do we, how can we as leaders, as a church, mm-hmm. um, help these people to really believe that everyone's welcome uh, because anything's possible, yeah. and um, and help grow them in their own personal faith.
0: I love that. So, what brought you to Nashville? Because it was now Nashville's booming, but when you went, was it on the verge of it, or was it just okay? This is a bigger city. Nashville starting to, to boom, and I had family here. So you had family here. Okay. Family. Okay.
1: Um, I had my first child. I moved to Nashville and had my first child, Jet, who is 17. I had him
0: three weeks later. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to move. Wow. So when you had this vision of this church, I mean, because now I don't, I mean, how many does it seat on a weekend? There's,
1: oh gosh, they probably run
0: between seven and 9,000 a weekend. Okay. So seven and 9,000. So, but you started at 50. What was the goal? Were you wanting to be a mega church or was it, Hey, we just want to reach people or what was the goal there? I don't think the goal was ever for me
1: was ever mega church. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am super relational, right? And I actually do relationships better in small groups. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the goal for me was to create a healthy place for people to come and feel safe and to be able to find other people whose lives aren't perfect, but Mm -hmm. are willing to try to um, serve God and chase their dreams the healthiest Mm -hmm. way that they can Mm -hmm. um, to help provide that hope. That's the cool thing about getting to be a pastor's wife. If you ask, it's so funny at Leading and Loving It, we often say like, What's your favorite part of being in ministry? What's your favorite part of being in leadership at your church? And the answer is almost a front row seat to seeing lives changed, which is so true. We just laugh that it's the blanket answer because when you are in that position to see people's lives changed, Mm -hmm. you realize those days where you're just kind of keeping your you know, nose to the ground to get stuff done are so worth
0: it. Right. Wow. That is so incredible. And what a blessing you've been to so many. And I remember when Adam and I got this job in Bowling Green, and I thought Nashville was maybe like, 20 minutes away. It is a full hour, but I'm like, Oh, that's the church we're going to go to. And I remember reaching out to you being like, no, we're totally coming to your church. And then realizing with three small kids getting up on a Sunday, driving an hour to church wasn't really in the cards. So it wasn't until Adam really got the job in Nashville that it's like, okay, we can do this. And about that time I think is when you, you guys left. And so we, we barely missed each other. I think so. (laughs) Okay. So take me to, okay. You're a pastor's wife in this leading and loving it thing. Kind of is like wrestling with you. Okay, there's something there. Is there a dream, or are you like, okay, time to take action? Because we talk about dream, like there's a dreamer, and then there's a take action piece. How did that happen for you?
1: Um, I think, I think for me, it goes back to that friendship that Lori and I had that was growing Mm -hmm. and recognizing, like, I am lonely as a pastor's wife, and when I saw that. Lori and I both, when we saw that relationship grow, her being in Vegas, me being in Nashville, but yet us having this really authentic, vulnerable friendship. Right. Like, how can we offer that to other people? Right. So to us, it was like, how can we take this gift that we have um, as friends and be able to multiply this? to impact other women. Cause ultimately we know like the number one reason pastors leave their churches or because their wives are unhappy.
0: Mm, um, wow. That's interesting. It's the number one
1: reason that pastors leave wives are unhappy. So for us, we like to look at, okay, if we can take the wife or, um, you know, the female leader who's on staff or the female leader running her own nonprofit, uh, if we can take them and help them become healthy in their role to recognize how God has called them and God is not surprised they've ended up in that position right? um, and help them embrace that and own who they are, then that healthy woman impacts the marriage, impacts the family, Mm. ultimately impacts the church. Oh, absolutely. For us to be able to impact the church as a whole big C church is, um, to invest in the wife and help that wife get healthy and to help that wife build relationships, to help that wife grow spiritually, um, to help that female leader embrace the position that God has placed her in, um, to help that mom realize that even though maybe she feels like she doesn't have time to be volunteering at the church because wow. she's noses and changing diapers, <laughs> that there's some way that she can make an impact because of her unique giftedness.
0: I love that. God, that's so powerful and really to know now what you guys have been able to do with it is it a I know there's a retreat in October Mm -hmm. but is there um stuff that you do throughout the year to help pour into what do you what is that we um
1: we have connect live groups which happen on zoom okay basically like small groups that everyone has in their churches um but they meet um on zoom so you're looking at a computer screen and they include women from all over the world um the and what's even cooler is they include women from all different types of denominations Mm. from different types, um, stylistically, different types of churches, from churches and organizations of varying sizes. Um, The really great thing about working with women is they connect easily together. Mm -hmm. Um, Being in ministry, what I've learned is that often it's not what we have to say. It's what we don't have to say because you know what my life looks like behind Uh the scenes. So true. I don't have to go into the details of, you know, church politics or um, how my kids are viewed differently because they're pastor's Mm -hmm. kids. Um, How we're having to make, I'm having to make a tough leadership decision and people are not going to be happy about it. Right. so it's more what you don't have to say that yes. helps build the connection with these women. So we do these connect live groups. We have um, over 50 of those running now. We wow. also do something called connect local, which they meet face to face in cities. They're kind of like local chapters. They meet once a month. Wow. Um, we do a just one conference that is virtual where we bring in great. Well, we don't even have to bring them in. They send their <laughs> videos. <in>. So good. <laughs> and it's a, free conference delivered straight to your inbox that um, airs in February. The just One 2018 is up on our site and it's up on our app. Um, So that can be viewed all year long, but it actually um, kicks off every February and it runs 14 days, super easy to access. Um, You can watch it. We always say the best thing about the just one virtual conference is you can watch in your yoga pants with a messy (laughs) kitchen.
0: That's so good. That's so good. I love that. Well, and I love what you said earlier about these women that sometimes we feel like, how did I get in this position? But God also planted them there, not just to follow. I mean, if I would say I'm just in Bowling Green because of Adam or I'm just in Nashville because of Adam, that's not right. God called me to be there too because he called us to go together. So you telling these women and also just for anybody listening that's, you know, trying to dream something and they feel like they're in the wrong spot, what would you say to somebody like that? Like, I have this dream, but I feel like I'm in the wrong spot. How do you, what do you say to them?
1: You know, we we always, I always love hearing from the women who work in churches um, or married men, like maybe they married a guy who's an accountant. And they're like, no, no, no. I signed up to be an accountant's wife. Yes. And yeah, somehow I'm a pastor's wife. <laughs> or, you know, I got my degree in accounting. And for some reason, God help now has me leading the children's ministry at my church. Yeah. So it, it really, at times, you know, we naturally, a lot of us are planners. Mm-hmm. So we map out what we think our life is going to look like. Right. Um, And to end up sometimes in ministry, it is a different life and it's a great life, but it does come with things like expectations, expectations you put on yourself, expectations other people put on you. Um, So it's definitely not easy. So I think I would say, um, I really think for me, the healthiest thing I did was find connection with other people, Mm -hmm. Um, people who were in a similar Age people who were in a similar role that could um, just just give me life. Mm-hmm. Um, breathe life into me when days were bad, right. um, celebrate the good with me. Um, so I think yeah, if you're you're there and you're shocked, you're there, try to find someone who you connect with right and help you walk through those difficult time.
0: That's so good. That's so good. Okay. So I want to talk to you because you recently took a trip to Thailand. Yes. I don't even, I mean, I'm blown away by it because, you know, we think about mission trips and there's some that seem super safe. This one to me, when you were telling me about it, did not seem super safe. It seemed very (laughs) much on the edge. And so I'd love for you to share what you were doing and how it all came about um, and your goal with that.
1: So, Leading and Loving It partners with World Help, which is an organization in Lynchburg, um, Virginia, that reaches out all over the world for different um, ministry opportunities, different ways to impact. children in countries, us specifically, we were going to Thailand, um, on a sex trafficking trip. Um, and what was interesting, we were in Bangkok and Patia is that they were taking us, um, they were taking us to the red light districts of both of these towns. So that
0: just gives me goosebumps to think (laughs) think like, ah, that's just scary.
1: Right. Did you feel scared? I never felt scared. I felt super safe the entire time. Um, I felt super safe the entire time. Now what I saw was breaking my heart. So for instance, um, the first time I walked down the street and I realized that all of these girls are super young girls and there are thousands and thousands of girls. When I realized that these girls were all numbered Mm -hmm. and that's how they were chosen by the men. Um, in the strip clubs, in the bars, um, they would have on bikinis if they were on the street working, um, and somewhere they would have a button and that button would have their number. And if a man wanted time with them, he would say, I would like number 17. Um, so no one is known by their name. Mm. They're identified by a number, which living in America, yes. um, I grew up in the country. I grew up on a farm. So you numbered livestock. Right. Uh, so just to see humans taken down to the point that they were numbered mm. was really heartbreaking to me. Oh, my
0: gosh. Uh, so, Brandy, you're walking like I'm trying to picture this because you're walking with a group of other women uh, that are were, clothed, <laughs> yes. passing women in bikinis yep, yep. Um, that are outside of All the bars, the doors are open so you can see straight into the bars. You can see what's going on. Um, Did you guys stick out like a sore thumb? Like what are these women doing or were there also?
1: So, you know, we're all American. um, So we definitely look different. Um, There's definitely more men there, you know, doing the purchasing. Um, One of the things they said to us as we were taking our first trip down, um, down through the bars was, you know, when you look at these girls, don't look at them like you feel sorry for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't look at them in a way that creates shame for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, And that's really, that was really powerful to, because you do your heart breaks for them. Mm -hmm. So, but how do you greet them in a way that they see you as friendly mm-hmm. and don't avoid you because they know that you feel sorry for them. Most what's interesting in Thailand um, specifically is that sex industry would be described as cultural. Okay. So lots of these girls are the firstborn in their family. They're typically from smaller villages outside of the cities and their job is to make money to send back to their family. Yeah. So they are working this job and they're not even keeping the money themselves. They are breaking little so that they can send money back to their parents and their other siblings to take care of them. Mm. So for these girls,
0: they choose it, but they choose it out of necessity, right? um, which is just, and probably not knowing that's not normal. I mean, if they're grown up told to do this, okay, so you're walking down the street. What is the goal of you guys doing that? What, what was your role there?
1: Well, for us, we are Leading and Loving It and the other um, influencers who are on that trip with us. We're working to raise Mm -hmm. $125,000 to help put a baking school in at Patia. So um, Patia, it's a really big big goal, um, but yeah, we're excited about it. So one of the things that's interesting about Thailand is um, none of the homes have ovens. Uh, culturally the food is all cooked on stovetop mm-hmm. so none of the homes you go in have ovens therefore baking is ah. right there no one bakes so baking is just now reaching thailand and becoming like a trend so um there's a hello freedom house in patio which houses um probably it has space to probably house about 15 girls. But what's cool about that Hello Freedom House is right behind it, there's a strip of shop houses, which are all about four stories high. Mm -hmm. And um, what they're trying to do is – They've already bought the building. What we're trying to do now is build out the inside of the building. So they have big dreams for this building. The first floor will be a restaurant where people can come in and serve. Um, The second floor will actually be a baking school where they'll take these girls through um, uh, baking classes in order for them to be able to take this trade and make money doing something besides. Working
0: wow. It. So
1: um, the second floor will be a baking school that lots and lots of girls can come through. It will actually be open to the public. Third floor has a um, sewing school mm-hmm. on it, a sewing room and then where they could sell their products. And then the fourth floor is more housing. So we're working really hard. We've already um, started raising a little bit of money to like pay for the cabinets. Um, wow. We're now in, on paying for a couple of ovens, microwaves,
0: um, mixers, all of the baking things they need to help with this build out. So that is amazing. So the hope is to get them off the street and saying, "I have a different way for you to make money."
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Have these? What'd you say? I'm Getting sorry. in A trade and an yeah. occupation. Yes. And, um, yeah, a career path. So how is the process? Like I've never gone through, I you know, you hear about sex trafficking, but really to listen to you talk about it, there's a girl standing thinking she's working. Do you go up to her and say, honey, I have a different (laughs) plan or, well, you know, with everything, it's small steps and it's about building
1: relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the coolest parts to me about being in Thailand is the lady over there who runs the organization. Her name's Benita, um, and Benita retired in California as an elementary school principal, um, Her husband worked for the government. I don't know exactly what he did, but he traveled to Asia and was usually gone about four to six weeks at a time. So when she retired, he had two years left until he retired, and they made the decision they would move to Asia together. That way, when he traveled, it would only be about four days at a time rather than four to six weeks. Right. So, um, Benita makes this, and she's retired. So, my guess is she's in her, you know, early sixties, um, makes this decision to move to Asia. They settle in Bangkok and he's still traveling. So she has all this free time on her hands. And, um, as she's getting to know the community, she realizes there are a lot of young Thai women with Western men. And when when Mm. I say Western, Mm. it's Japanese, um, American, European, wow. um, definitely usually older men um, and super young girls. And wow. she wanted to know what she could do. Like, why is this happening? And then when she figured out when people were super honest and explained to her why it was happening, that's when she decided that she was going to start trying to to do something to help. And that was wow. 14 years ago. Oh so my Anita and Roy are still in Bangkok, Thailand. That's where they live. The, that's where they live. They visit America. Um, and she has taken so many girls through her Freedom House. Um, helped provide education. Helped. She has girls who have ended up being engineers. the uh, wow. Medical field. Some of them are teaching Bible classes. Awesome. Um, so she is now 74, 76. I can't remember exactly, but I mean, she says she does not believe retirement is
2: biblical.
0: So <laughs> she's just going to keep doing this for well, as long. Shoot, when you're doing that much great work, she needs to not stop because she's making right. a huge impact. So then you guys have teamed up.
1: Right. So yes. she's on the
0: ground there and she's building relationships. So everywhere we
1: went, what's these bars, they all have like a house mom. Okay. Uh, and that's usually a lady who's probably closer to my age and her right. 40s. And she has kind of like aged out of the business, but she's in charge of the girls at that bar. So they work to build relationships with the house mom. And they also work on building relationships with the girls. Uh, they do an event over there at Christmas. that's a huge Christmas party in a hotel and they provide free gifts and free food um, and just really make these girls feel special and loved. So what was really cool is we would go into these bars and some of the girls would be familiar with Benita and they were, ecstatic. Like their lights would, their eyes would light up when they saw Benita. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Cause she gave them hope in a way, you know? Wow. So she has a team over there. She has a Thai lady named Ann and a businesswoman, entrepreneur um, who lives at one of the freedom house to help with the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, get, they've just got a great program going over there. So we partner with world help and world help um, partners with them. Cause you have to have people on the ground hopefully yes. to just help introduce these girls. It's interesting because I think one of the things I've learned personally is I lived a really long time, mm-hmm. um, not recognizing that power of my voice, yes. probably not using my voice, definitely mm-hmm. not using my voice. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Thailand, one of the things I noticed was, you know what I can do. I've learned the importance of my voice right. and I've learned how to use my voice. Um, How can I help gift other girls the opportunity to find their voice and use that moving forward?
0: That's good, Brandy. That is so good. I just, it gives me goosebumps to think that, you know, when I've talked to a lot of people, their dreams are so cool. But this dream in particular, to really save women and they probably don't know the gospel. So getting the opportunity to teach them the gospel, teach them a trade, get them out of what they're doing. I mean, it's a big dream, but you're already doing it, you know, and you have other people that you've partnered with. And I think that's so incredible. So I can only imagine as I ask this question, there's a million of them. What are the hurdles um, with it? I mean, there's gotta be, it's almost a funny question to ask, like, you know, cause just distance, but what are the major hurdles that you guys are seeing?
1: Yeah. I think once the girls, um, leave working in the bars, they still have to send money home. Okay. Um, so one of the things that Freedom House does is it actually sends home a stipend to the family. So the family doesn't put pressure on the girls to re-enter.
0: reenter okay. um,
1: the industry. So, uh, you know, being able to, provide that financial backing, um, to be able to help provide vocational training. Like we talked about with the baking school, that's huge for them because they have something else they can do. Right. Um, I think some of the hurdles are they just don't know anything else. And it's so acceptable and it's so rampant over there. Like even the Thai massage studios, Mm -hmm. um, Lots of them are legit. Lots of them are just extensions um, that offer sexual favors, you know, in the back as part of the massage. Um, so it was, yeah, it's very, very interesting. One of the girls was talking to us about uh, in one of the bars, she um, had been doing. <laughs> that bar working in that bar for almost a year. And she said she didn't like it. She worked in it to send money home to her father who was ill. And she told us how many bot she made like 120,000 bought a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did not like that. She had to have sex with the men. So she's going to go back to working at a massage studio where I give favors mm-hmm. um, and I make 60,000 bought but at least I'm not having to have sex with men.
0: Wow. Wow. You know, that's placed in their heart. Like this is not right. This is not feeling good. And my worth is just, but if they're not taught that and they're told by their parents, or I can only imagine having a sick father being like, this is my means. Yes. That's what, what they choose to do. And especially take care of him. Yes. Yes. Can you imagine like these, beautiful baked breads. If they've never right. had them before, they're going to be like baked breads. That's going to be know. better than sex. You know? Yes. <laughs> <Thoughtless>. <laughs> okay. yes. yes. I mean, yes. So they don't have those sort of, um, You know, we stayed at
1: a very nice hotel uh, just for safety purposes. Right. And there was a small bakery in that hotel. Or actually, it wasn't a bakery. It was uh, they just sold baked goods. Okay. That
0: is just so rare. You don't see that anywhere. Gosh, and just the smell, you know, it's going to just, wow. just smell good. Happy. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. Oh, so much so.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's therapeutic in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I love that. Well, I just am blown away by the life that you live and all that you've done and partnering with so many people. People to make the world a better place. I just, I mean, every time I get to have lunch with you, I'm like, I just learned so much. And <laughs> I just, it's an honor to have you on our show and oh for gosh, people to so just, cute. but really to hear what you're doing. So if somebody's listening and wants to help, what's the yeah. best way that they can help? Okay. The um, fundraising page is
1: worldhelp.lolly, L A L I, for leading and loving it. Dot okay. No. okay. Um, and they can go there and they can donate that that has links that um, can show them more, tell them more about World Help, um, other ways that they can work with World Help, and um, specifically Thailand to help with the problem that's there.
0: So good. So good. So if you're listening, go onto that website and help because that's just great. think sure. you could be part. Yeah, you could be part of, you know, building this bakery and really setting girls out on their own to do amazing things. Wow. Well, we are going to get another interview with you after you take your next trip, which when is your next trip? Uh, I'm going next July. So July okay. 2019.
1: Um, it's like July 5th through the 12th, I think.
0: Okay. Okay. And is it to go check on the bakery and kind of yes. same thing? I'll, um, we do. We do. I'll go
1: on a vision trip. So I'll take okay. like other female leaders. Yeah. Um, and probably like six of them. And yeah, we'll check on. We'll go to the Freedom Houses. We'll go back and see the red light districts. We'll connect with Benita and Roy.
0: We'll mm-hmm. eat really amazing tacos. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's a major perk well i love it well thanks for your heart and thanks for sharing with us and i just can't wait to have lunch with you again soon I,
1: you tell me when i'm there i always I enjoy my time with you you're a life-giving person to be with so i always enjoy so
0: those much. Oh. well i love you i'll talk to you later I love you too sounds okay. good bye-bye yeah. thank you for joining us today and remember you are destined for greatness